about the ninth hour, the sixth hour, noon. And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a, stood at a distance watching all these things. Grab your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we've got some people coming around who have one for you to borrow because uh, we are going to be spending a good time in the Luke 23 and chapter 24 and about the great news of Jesus Christ. And I just want to remind us, as we've read already, that the perfect sacrifice for sin has already been made on the cross. And the redemption plan, the buying back plan that God has put into place to conquer sin has been fulfilled on the cross at this point. But the story of Christ and redemption isn't over yet. The resurrection, the, uh, the empty tomb is about to seal the redemption deal. Luke chapter 23. Let's pick up in verse 50. Now, there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. And this man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and then he took it down. And he wrapped the body in a linen shroud and, made him, and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever been laid before. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. We meet our first character so far in the story, a man named Joseph. Joseph, as we've already seen, was on the council. In other words, he would have been, for Israel, like one of the members on the supreme ruling court. Joseph was not some just happened-to-get-there kind of guy. Joseph was a very smart individual. Joseph was the kind of guy who was a leader in the community and known about it. In fact, we're told in Matthew 27, 57, that he was rich. We're told in Mark 15, 43, that he was good social standing. And we're told in John 19, 38, that he was also secretly a disciple or an investigator of Jesus. Now, here's one of the things that sets this guy apart. One, he did not go along with all of the rest of the people on the Sanhedrin. He was not the lemming kind of follower guy. He was not just about power, religiosity for power purposes. This was a man who was in a high position and was thinking. And he was observing. And in fact, in the text, it says that he was looking for the kingdom. This means that this was an individual who was aware of what the Old Testament said. 
the Old Testament talked about how one day God was going to send a Messiah. God was going to send one himself to be able to reign and rule on the throne in Israel, in Jerusalem. And Joseph was smart enough and well-scriptured enough to know about that. And in fact, in it, it says he was looking for it. That sets him apart in many ways. Many were aware of it, but not necessarily looking forward to it. But this is an active kind of a looking like, I can't wait, can't wait. Is it now? Is it now? Well, and in all of this, it says that he was a disciple of Christ, which means, which we're gathering from this, it was a secret disciple of Christ because he would have gotten, without question, booted off the Sanhedrin. But I wonder if in this, the reason he was secret about all this was because he was still trying to figure it out. Was, in fact, this Jesus the one that the Bible talks about that is going to be the coming Messiah to rule in the kingdom one day? That's Joseph. Then it's time to get to some ladies. Ladies, you ready? Hey, I want to tell you, ladies, you should be proud of these girls. Okay. Verse 55, the women, and by the way, let's just jump ahead because verse 10, who are these women? Now, it's verse 10, it says, now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them. Okay, so we know there were at least three, but there were also some others. Verse 55 in chapter 23, the women who had come with him to Galilee, with Jesus from Galilee, followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. And then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. They thought he was dead. Uh, he was. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandments. But on the first day of the week, Sunday morning at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of Jesus. While they were, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood, up, stood by them in dazzling apparel. Two dazzling guys show up. And... As they were frightened and bowed their faces, these men said something. Let's just hold there for a second. Let's put this together so far. Here are these women who have been following Jesus for a good period of time. These women, they saw that he was dead. They saw him on the cross, crucified. He was dead. I mean, dead is dead, right? And in fact, we know that they thought he was dead dead because they were preparing spices to go put back on the body the next morning. You see, it was actually Joseph, as well as the other Gospels tell us, and Nicodemus as well. Joseph and Nicodemus took the body down, prepared the dead body of Jesus. In other words, they put spices and they wrapped them. They put them in this tomb that Joseph owned. And then the process, which, by the way, all of that was completely abnormal. I'll explain that a little later. And then the women come along, and they prepare spices to go put on the next day. Now, that was normal. And the reason for that was they would go back and put more spices on the dead bodies because the purpose was the bodies decayed and stunk. And so they would put more spices. The point of it is, is these ladies thought he was dead dead. Okay? They weren't going back expecting the tomb door moved, the seal broken, and the guards gone, and an empty tomb. And they were perplexed. I like that word. I would have been too. 
just perplexed. Now, perplexed means I'm seeing and understanding and hearing various pieces of information, and I'm perplexed. I'm not getting it. It's not all fitting together, right? That's perplexed. Not only that, they were scared. Why? Because these two guys show up, and two dazzling guys show up. These were angels. And I'm just going to tell you, if I'm walking along somewhere, and all this, if I were there, and all this is happening, I'm kind of freaking out. And then these two dazzling angel guys are there. I'm double freaking out. Okay? And so that's the situation that's going on. And the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Well, because he's dead. Living? Okay, why do you seek the living among the dead? Verse 6, he is not here, he is risen. Ladies, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? No. But look, verse 8, and they remembered his words. Now what words? Well, let's do this. Let's go back to Mark chapter 8. Just flip a few pages to the left. Mark chapter 8, verse uh, 31. Mark 8, 31. Uh, so apparently Jesus said some words to these ladies before. Let's just clarify to make sure that this is true. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. And he, Jesus, began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Listen, this was not the day before. This was some time before. Now let's go over to Mark chapter 9, verse 30. It's right after the healing of a boy with an unclean spirit. And then they went on from there, verse 30, and passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. But they did not understand this. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, verse 32. Mark chapter 10, verse 32. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed. And those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again. And by the way, they were afraid because of what Jesus had just said. And what the situation that had just occurred right before that. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him. Saying, see, we are going up to Jerusalem. Okay? And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit on him and flock him and kill him, and after three days he will rise. And here's what's cool. Luke chapter 24, verse 8. And they remembered his words. You know, it gives me a lot of hope. Just all the things at times we just forget about. And then here, they remember his words. And they remembered his words, verse 9, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven apostles and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and the other women with them, who told them these things to the apostles, verse 11. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. To them who? To the, to the 11 and those with. They're, listen, this is huge for me. 
Because you would think of anybody that wants to be able to believe what they've committed their life to for the last three years has validity and has life to it. It's these guys. And yet in it, the ladies come back and say, listen, listen, ladies, isn't this so true? Oh, we won't go there. You know, you just come back and say, listen, 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 I'm telling you, I saw him. I, we, we saw him. Uh, or uh, an angel and ah, and all this is going on and they're like i ain't going there sweetheart and i'm glad they didn't we can sit back and go knuckleheads i mean how long does it take for you to get this and here's what helps me in this these guys were thinking They weren't looking for something to keep their thing going. These were guys like, listen, people don't die and rise from the dead, even though they had seen some of that before. But they don't die and rise from the dead. And they didn't want to go with an idle tale. And they did not believe them. Oh, those ladies must have just wanted to... Verse 12, but Peter. Way to go, Peter. I mean... Peter, the guy a few days before denied Christ three times, but Peter, for something, this clicked in Peter, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. So here's Peter, ladies, (laughs) come on, and then he's like, I gotta check this out, I want to validate this. And so he runs to the tomb, he goes to the tomb, and sure enough finds out, yep, something like happened here. And he comes back. Verse 13. We go to some other individuals. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Nice walk. Verse 14. And they were walking with each other about, talking with each other about all these things that had happened. Listen, these guys' heads were completely just minds blown away. And they're on this long walk, a couple hours, I don't know, two, three hours walk. And there they are on this walk, and they're just talking about everything that's happening. Way to go, guys. I love that. I love that these guys are just talking about, like, like what's going on? I mean, this is what it is, and this is what it's not. Let's keep on going. Verse 35, and while they were talking and discussing things, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. God must just have a blast sometimes. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Verse 17, and he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? Hey, listen, watch in these passages. Jesus almost every time is using questions. Why? I mean, like Jesus didn't know what happened. I think he was there. And in this, yet he's engaging the heart. He's engaging. He doesn't want duped followers. He wants thinking followers. And here he is coming along. Hey, like, guys, like, what's going on? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in the last days? Listen to me. This is a huge clarifying reality. 
Because a lot of times people get this idea that the resurrection and all this kind of stuff, it was kind of confined to these people of maybe like 30 or 50 or 100. And they're kind of the only ones in this little groupy thing that know all this and get this tale started. No, 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 no. There were like one and a half to two million people in Jerusalem for the Passover time. And these guys are saying, they're all talking about it. Listen, this was not confined to a few. But all of Israel is interacting on this. They're all talking about it. And he addresses that to them. Are you the only one who doesn't know what's going on? Verse 19, and he said to them, uh, question, what then? <laughs> and they said to him, listen to what they say. This is excellent, excellent. Here's the data. Well, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels and said that he was alive. Verse 24, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see. But they did not see him. Verse 25, and he, Jesus, said to them, O foolish ones and slow to heart to believe. Listen, we're going to see an incredibly graceful statement here in a moment but you can also get this sense of the reality of, man, when are these folks going to get it? Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I want to tell you, I would have loved to have been for that one. Talking about an apologetics class. Oh my word. The risen Savior explaining. I, I Seriously, where did he go? I, I mean, it's not like I don't know if he could have gone somewhere. But I'm just wondering, where did he go and what did he pick out? And he's just walking and talking through this whole thing. By the way, again, we see over and over again things coming back to the word of God. Joseph. Coming back and knowing that the Old Testament talks about a coming kingdom and Messiah reign. The women, and they remembered his words. And now here with these guys, they're coming back as Jesus is explaining from the word of God, from the Old Testament, about the Messiah. Verse 28, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. And he, Jesus, acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us. <laughs> right on. For it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them, and their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Dude. I would have just, what do you do? <laughs> it's like, oh, man, here's how I would have been. Oh, man, you remember back on the road and I asked that question? What an idiot. I mean, oh, how stupid can you be? And he just, boom, he's there. And then look what happens. Jesus back at him, and he vanished from their sight. Love it. Verse 32, and they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? 
burn. You know, when you just hear truth, and it's like, oh, it just burns. It's like I've been yearning for that. I've been looking for that. I've been wanting that for so long. Oh, bring it, Jesus. Verse 33, and they rose the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. I think they've got a story to go back and tell. And they found the eleven, and those who were with him gathered together, saying, uh, the eleven were saying, the Lord is risen indeed. Wow, what a change. And has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known, how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Verse 36, and as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. Again, before he's going, oh, slow to believe, oh my word. And here was the time he comes in, the apostles, they're all there gathered together. This was the time he could have come in and gone, you run like chickens. I spent three stinking years with you. I give my life for you on the cross in an incredibly, beyond imagination, agonizing death. And you dog me. I'm telling you, that definitely would have been me. But look, he comes in in peace to you. Oh, what grace, isn't it? What grace of all the kinds of things that could have been said. Peace to you. Verse 37, but they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Question. Verse 39. See, my hands, see my feet. That it is I myself, touch me, see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, question, have you anything here to eat? What? Why would he do that? I think the reason he's doing that is to validate to them that he is flesh and blood alive. Verse 42, and they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. Verse 44, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Listen to this verse, 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Then he opened their minds. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Listen. Some people, many people, view this whole Christ, Bible, Christianity, Easter, risen from the dead, as a tale for needy, weak, wimpy people. As people who are intellectually light, people who are easily duped into wanting a next good God tale. And here's the wonderful thing about this. He's risen and these folks aren't being duped. These folks are like, wait a second, I'm perplexed. <laughs> I don't know if you say that, but I'm perplexed. And then you've got these other guys who are like, hmm, what in the world is going on here? And you've got these other guys going, I ain't believing that. That doesn't make sense. You've got a councilman, a leadership position, 
not buying a lemon-like, lemming religiosity. Schooled in the Old Testament, and he's thinking things through. Then you have the three-plus women. There they are, caring for the dead body, thinking he's dead. And he shows up. These were not National Enquirer women. These were not conspiracy theorists. These were women who wanted and were seeing the real deal and remembering the words and putting the facts together. Then the 11 apostles, there they are cowering in fear. I definitely would have been with them. Yet also not willing to be duped by willy-nilly fairy tale stories. And they want to see proof. And they saw proof. And then the two on the road to Emmaus. There they are trying to reason it out and yet their hearts burn within them. And then everybody in Jerusalem. Hey folks, I just want to bring us to the reality that Jesus is risen and it's for real. This is not some Easter bunny marketing ploy to keep some guys and some women who had a thing going and just to kind of keep them going online. These were about thinking people. These were truth-analyzing people. These were people that cognitively were trying to put the facts and the pieces together. And Christ is about redeeming thinking people. And I just want to say this. Have you reasoned through the cross and the resurrection? I mean, really. I'm concerned that we come to these times, and it's such a national holiday, even though we're kind of named as a secular society, and then the BMV was closed Friday for Good Friday. Anyway, I don't want to get there. I'm really concerned in our culture, in the world today, that we celebrate Easter and, whew, And it becomes the one of two times a day that people go to church. And if that's you, we're just really glad you're here. And I just want to let you know, I just want to encourage all of us to think through this. Have we reasoned this one through? Because folks, listen, if Jesus rose from the dead, everything is different. And God is all about thinking people. One of the observations I've been making is that lightweight thinking leads to lightweight faith living. Things like this. Have you thought through this statement? Jesus wasn't God. He's just a good example. Well, wait a second. From the Sanhedrin's perspective, the reason they crucified him outside of people like Joseph. The reason they crucified him was because he said he was God. Yeah, there was the whole political thing going on, but he also said he was God. A good person doesn't say they're God. Statements about all roads lead to God. Intellectually, how can that be? Because I'm just going to tell you, I've read through the Mormon Bible, I've read through the Buddha Bible, and I've read through the Quran. No, I haven't read through the Quran, but I've read bits and pieces of it. The other ones I have. And I'm telling you, every one of the authority sources say that they are the only way. How can that be? Jesus said, I am the way, the true, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. 
Not only that, but if that was the case, God must be one schizophrenic. And not very loving, because how confusing is that? Just do whatever you want. Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. It just, got, it just became a tale that got out of control. Listen, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then he's a liar, and I don't want to have anything to do with him. And let's go home. And out of this, part of what just thrilled me this week is, I, I, honestly, I haven't seen this in the past, in this passage, where here are these individuals grasping with the data, grasping with the facts before them, and trying to put it all together. And I just want to say, are we doing that? Are you doing that? Because listen, if Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended, and is at the right hand of the Father, and all of this is true, then your work, then your home, then your life, everything should be directed in that direction. This is a huge deal. And so here's four questions for Easter as we close up. First, am I reasoning? Am I reasoning? Just what I've been talking about. Have I really wrestled and reasoned with the realities and the implications of the cross and the resurrection? Is it an idle tale or is it a changing life truth? I would encourage you, uh, read the Gospel of Luke this week and also read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Gospel of Luke and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And come to a conclusion on this, Jesus. Am I reasoning? Secondly, I'll just ask, am I burning? <laughs> am I burning? Is the word of God being burnt and burning within you? I mean, is the word of God, are, are, are you putting yourself in a place? I'm so glad you're here today. Are you putting yourself as a place, not just once a week, but in your life to where you're reading and hearing the scriptures, and the scriptures are being brought to bear on how you view and handle life? Burn, baby! <laughs> That's what was going on with these guys, and that's what God wants to happen with us. Let the word burn in us. Am I reasoning? Am I burning? Uh, the third one, am I communing? In other words, here's these two guys on this road, just, hmm, like, what's going on? Hmm, like, do you know what's going on? Hmm, I don't know what's going on. Do you know what's going on? I don't know what's going on. Do you know what's going on? What do you, he said this. He said that. What's going on? Listen, that's the kind of communing I'm talking about. Are you putting yourself around some individuals where you can talk and think through truth and untruth? Uh, listen, I love having fun. Let's have fun. But also, are you putting yourself around people where you can dialogue about truth and the scriptures and your life and bring the scriptures into your life and what's taking place? Are you communing in a community together around the word of God and the risen Savior? Oh, do it. Do it. Be in that. And last, are you worshiping? Am I worshiping? Like, where does that come from? Last verses. Last verses. Am I worshiping? And let's do this. I'm just going to read these last verses. And then uh, we're going to be led in worship. But am I worshiping? And I'm talking about life worship. L listen to these last verses. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, verse 46, and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, 
and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power on high. And then Jesus ascends. Verse 50, look at these. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them. I still wonder what that looked like. And he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Verse 52. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Oh, Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you that sin has indeed been paid for. Forgiveness is made available. Death is not the end. Oh God, you have died. You have rolled away the stone. You have risen. You are interceding on our behalf today, and you are returning. You indeed have saved the day. You have rescued me from the shackles of my failure. And so we worship you with great joy. Amen.